Hey guys, welcome back. We're back in business, right? It's a new week that's upon us. I hope you had a wonderful weekend. I really did. And I also hope you had a wonderful and blessed day. If you're catching this on the replay, let me say in advance, hey Karen, hey sister-in-law, uh, let me say in advance, thank you so much for taking the time to do that. Those of you that are with me normally Monday through Friday on GDT time, welcome back. How y'all doing out there? I really was on time. For real, for real. But for some reason, I could not get Periscope to connect. So um, I was actually trying to surprise y'all not do DD, uh, GDT time and actually be on time at 8.30, right? But you know how it goes. But nevertheless, I am here, right? We're going to start a new week. Lessons, new weeks of uh, teaching, new week, uh, new week. I mean, I can't even talk today. New week of meeting back here, gathering. You know what they say, where two or more of us are gathered, right? So that's what we're gonna do. Those of you, if you're listening to this on one of the podcast outlets, thank you so much. Make sure you click the follow and subscribe over there. All right, hey, welcome, Miss uh, Miss Karen. I love seeing that. We got Karen and Miss Karen in the building. Let me get my iPad up here so I can see properly everybody that's coming in because I like to acknowledge everybody right um but let's get into this topic let's not tarry right working on your phd victim or survivor y'all know i love my acronyms y'all know i do practicing healing and deliverance and we're coming at of course from the perspective of victim survivor right and i think about been there and done that too as periscope backs up right i kept trying i was like okay i was like i'm gonna get this i'm gonna get this i don't care how many times it takes and so finally it decided to connect so you know we just gonna pray god's grace over this thing that this message is uninterrupted and we're gonna get on through it right because we know how the devil likes to come in and do but we're gonna say that's not even happening tonight, right? So let's look at this, right? At some point in time, we've all, you know, cried out, oh my gosh, you know, why me? Oh, wretched, miserable, you know, unhappy, unpleasant, you know, me, unfortunate man, woman, a child, am I? Whatever, you know, the case may be. And we start, we catch ourselves singing the old blues songs and feeling a little down and moping around, right? It could be from job loss, relationship, issues, you know, the loss of a loved one, a traumatic event, you know, an illness. It could be from a long list of things, but the important thing that I want to get to by the end of this is it's okay to be in your feelings, but at some point we have to come out of that, right? Victim or survivor, practicing healing and deliverance, moving on, not, you know, having a stalemate standoff to see, you know, how long can I sit in this? You know, woe is me. That only needs to last for so long. You know, it's time to move on and come up out of that rut. So, uh, that rut. so that's the purpose, um, you know, of tonight's message. You know, stop singing the blues. And, you know, after a while, if you really get into it and you just catch yourself, you know, and it just becomes like a second nature and you see people around all happy and you're just like, what they got to be so happy about? What they so chipper about? You go in the office, you know, and people are like, good morning, good morning. You're like, what's so good about it? You know, and everybody else sees the sun is shining, but you have that cloud of doom, gloom and rain over you. Right. But we're going to work on that. So, you know, when things occur in our lives we start complaining and it's easy to get in that feel sorry for ourselves right because the burdens of life they can i know they can be overwhelming those of you that have been haven't been with me before you know me of all people i know as far as my story which you know i'm not gonna get in to tonight go back and catch uh some of the replays but you know just a quick recap on it rape bullying molestation you know many many years of going through 
all of those things. Life can become overwhelming. So it's easy for that victim spirit to creep in, right? But the, the thing is, at some point saying, mm, I got to come out of this. I'm sick and tired. As I say, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I need to let this thing go, right? And it's so easy, you know, once, especially once if we adopt those, you know, the words, attitudes, and develop that negative thought pattern, and then also attracting other people in, you know, to help feed that. What are they, what's that saying? Misery loves company, right? So once, you know, we're on it ourselves, and then we start, you know, having other people that flock to us, and they're attractive, and we just sit around and have a pity party, right? All day, all night, just, just keep it going and falling into that trap. And some, hey, Sarah, and some people, I see some people so consumed by it and not even realizing, man, I, I'm in victim mode, you know? And they seem, and it's so easy to say, well, you know what? I'm a survivor. Well, are you truly a survivor or are you just surviving and existing day to day, right? Victim or survivor, working on that PhD, practicing, going through the necessary steps, practicing healing and deliverance, right? And I want to equate this to the one thing that when, when occurrences happen in our lives, right? Imagine a huge huge, massive oak tree. And you look at it and you're like, man, nothing can, you know, it'd take an act of God to take that tree out. But then along at the bottom, here comes a little vine, right? And it starts wrapping around the trunk of that tree. Over time, that vine starts to pull out little feelers and crawlers that just start growing up that tree. And slowly the trunk starts to disappear. The more those creepers, the more those vines start to attack that tree, it completely smothers it out, right? Completely takes all the light that that big, huge, massive oak tree needs to survive, right? It, it, it's like a death gargle. It's just slowly dying. All the light is taken away from it. And when things happen to us, when we go through the different stages of life, that's how we can easily end up in that victim mentality, not realizing that the vines, the things in life that are happening, attaching to us are slowly putting us in that same death grip, right? Slowly squeezing out our light. And again, we adopt the words, the attitudes, the thought patterns. We really start walking the walk, sometimes so much to the point where, you know, when the small little sins, different things that happen in our lives, right? We gradually start to yield to that sin and condone it. And once we get to that point, we start accepting that as the norm saying, you know, it's okay. Or we start believing the pits, you know, we're sitting in the pits uh, of shame, blame, and guilt, and we start believing the voices, you know? Yeah, you see in the movies, and somebody's in a room by themselves, or they're in a situation, and, and they've become so consumed by their own thoughts that it can be many, many different things going on around them, but all of that's blocked out, and all they hear are the negative thoughts that are going through their own head, right? Just steady beating them down, keeping them down, and every time they make that attempt, yes, thank you, Lord, for healing the large and small things. Right. You know, we, again, have to always not discount the small things, right? And putting them down. So let's look here. Victim. 
definition so we can frame this a person harmed injured or killed as a result of a crime accident or other event or action or it can also mean a person who is tricked or duped well i think you know i can actually apply as i was putting this together i was like well you know what i could actually tie both of those in because our mind you know that devil spirit you know that victim spirit gets in satan gets in and we do we get duped we get tricked into believing you know we trick ourselves into believing man you know what I, 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 I nobody loves me you know you know you you're right mine you know how you tell yourself and yourself say hmm and you say self I think you're right you know everybody's just down on me everybody's cruel to me it's only I'm the only one that's being you know oppressed you know it's only me that people you know seem to come in and want to play mind games with right welcome everybody that's coming in you know I'm never appreciated nobody cares about me you know this list can go on you know everybody seems to be better off better off than me but the thing that happens is we start to attract again other people and you're like well how, how can i get out of this well how can you when all that you're attracting in you're adding more people to the pity party right you don't have anybody positive around you have more you're just bringing in more vines right inviting them in to come in and help smother out any light of hope and joy that's trying to come through so you end up just smothered under that right feeling powerless and saying you know what i can never change any of this no we cannot go back and change god God's will, the things that have happened to us, but we can change that situation, come out of it and, and go from being that victim to survivor, right? Practicing healing and deliverance, coming up out of that, right? A lot of people I hear and, and I have to ask, I said, man, when they're sharing their story of trauma that they've went through, it is being shared more from a point of they become so accustomed to telling it, right? That is to get that sympathy, to get people saying, oh, you know, poor you, as opposed to saying, yes, I went through this. Yes, I was molested from six and a half up to 16, uh, 16 and a half, right? Uh, bullied then raped, you know, at 17. But when I tell that story, it's not for anyone to say, Tori, you know, I'm so sorry you had to go through that. I say, but God's will, I tell the story from the perspective of, hey, if this has happened to you, if this is something you dealt with, you can come out of it, right? I'm not, and many of you have been in scopes when people are like, oh, Tori, I'm so sorry. I'm like, no, mm -mm, don't be sorry for God's will. I didn't understand why it had to happen. I didn't understand any of it at the time but it all makes sense now right and we ha it's a hard rationalization to come to but once you get it oh life is much sweeter I'm telling you right so and then the difference again comes in the focus the scripture I want to use to frame that if we look at 2nd Kings 6 14 and 15 right hey Joan I see you popping in there Let's look at it here. Therefore, he sent horses and chariots and a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, alas, my master, what shall we do, right? So he sees the servant seeing the enemy. He's listening to all the rumors about everything. His nerves are bad. He's like, there is no hope, you know? 
just restless. It's all in that perspective, right? And the one thing, you know, a victim spirit is like leaven. You can hide it in the mix. You can hide it in the bread. But when the heat is applied, it starts to rise, right? And so, you know, mm, it's some yeast off in there, but it can be hidden. So that's what I equate a victim spirit to. We can try and hide it. We can try and cover it up with makeup. We can try and cover it up with, you know, that Oh, well, I'm, you know, a lot of people take on the attitude. They start to treat others bad, you know, because they feel bad themselves. So they take on that haughty, that haughty, toity attitude, as they say, right? To make other people feel bad because they're feeling down. They're truly themselves feeling victimized. But to make somebody else feel pain, to hurt somebody else, makes them feel better, right? So when the pressure and the heat is applied, the leaven will rise, right? The same thing, that victim spirit, when the heat is turned up, it will show itself and start to rise up. But, well, you know, instead of when he was saying, alas, my master, what shall we do, right? Um, and uh, Elijah comes in and he releases the words of faith. So he answered, do not fear for those who are with us are more than those who are with them, right? He's turning it around. He's releasing the words of faith. And what should happen once we release those same words of faith over ourselves as we start practicing our healing and deliverance, right? The vision should change, right? Prayer should change the vision. Our faith should change the vision. We shouldn't look out and see an army of people against us. We shouldn't be able to look out and see, oh, everybody hates me. I'm worthless. You know, everybody told me I'm gonna be no uh, no good drunk just like my daddy everybody told me I'm not gonna be you know a good father you know we should be able to look out and see beyond that and be like these circumstances you know my past is not gonna dictate my future we've heard this many many times before right we need our eyes open both eyes to see fully right seeing that faith believing knowing that there is something different on the other side and being able to shut off, right? Again, it's not easy. I don't stand here to say, you know, it's an easy walk. I'm the first one to come and say, it was a hard road to hoe. That's an old Mississippi saying, right? It was a hard road to hoe, but the one thing about it, once I started putting one foot in front of the other, now I'm able to stand and say, it can be done, right? Practicing healing and deliverance, working on your PhD. So let's look. You know, after um, he came in and he released the words of faith in, in saying, you know, open your eyes, man, here he says, and Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And note, it talks about it twice throughout that scripture. Lord, I pray open his eyes. It didn't say open one eye so he can peep out, open half an eye. Well, you know, just let him see just a little bit. You know how sometimes you've been in a situation and you figure if you just try and squint your eyes tight enough, but you try and open them just enough. So just a little bit of light comes through and you're like, okay, I won't be fully scared if I don't open my eyes all the way up. So I'm just going to close them just enough for a little light to come through, right? That's not what the scripture says here. He prayed, 
open his eyes that he may see. And then, and then it backs it up. Then the Lord opened the eyes. It didn't say the eye. Oh, you know, he fully opened his eyes so he could see what was around him instead of him standing there feeling hopeless, thinking they were being defeated by the enemy. It's all in the perspective of how you see it. He's standing there. He already saw themselves as a victim. He's like, well, this is it. Mm, well, time to go. Well, I hope I done done everything right up until this point, but if we know if we went back another chapter, we know what he had done and got himself into though, right? But, so, the question is, shall we accept the eye report or are we going to go with the face report, right? Because we know our eyes can play tricks on us the same way. They get in with our mind and they just start working together. You seeing that self? Yeah, I see it. You hearing that up there, Brian? Yeah, I'm hearing. I'm hearing all of this, right? And they just start working together to just feed and add fuel to that victim spirit, right? And then when our spirit, you know, it, it turns into a spirit of complaining, self-pity, right? And we start, and when people look and they like, man, thought you said you was a Christian, a CIA, Christian in action. You're not showing very much faith over there. You're not showing much hope. You're looking kind of hopeless, you know, like the servant was, you know, before his eyes were opened up, before he could see what was going on. Because too often we start, we're so focused on our own problem instead of going into that praise again. That's something practicing healing and deliverance to get yourself trained when it looks like all oh, Hades is breaking loose around you. When the entire bottom of the boat falls out and it starts to fill up with water. When you in a rainstorm like no other with no umbrella, that's the time to start saying, thank you, God. Love y'all going to do homework. Be blessed. All right. Walk good, Sarah. That's the time when it's time for that to kick in, right? So then we have to stop and then look here at all the different situations you know that Jesus was faced with. First, being born in a stable, right? That's what the word tells us, you know? I wasn't born in a stable. I was born in Ruville Community Hospital. Did y'all have that issue of being born outside in the stable and having to lay out there in, in the barn with the animals and everything? Uh-uh, I don't think so. Then... You know, his birth trouble, Herod, you know, if you remember back, the king. So he, you know, sent out, set forth and put to death all male children who were born in Bethlehem in all districts from two years old and under, right? Was there a death decree sent out when you was born saying, mm-mm, we're going to take out all the girls, we're going to take out all the boys? You know, look at everything. Look how the progression started, right? After his baptism by John in the Jordan River, you know, he's led into the wilderness, tempted by Satan, right? And he knows what temptation is, and he also knew that it could destroy his relationship with the Father, right? So when we're tempted and we get sidetracked and let those emotions, those things come in, those vines start to consume us, right? To bring us deeper down into that victim spirit, right? That victim mentality. Let's move forward with them here. You know, Jesus was beaten, scourged, you know, until he looked like a raw piece of meat, like somebody took a meat cleaver, you know, to him. Think about that, right? Think about it. You know, he was spit upon, a crown of thorns shoved down into his scalp, blindfolded, struck in the face, mocked, treated with contempt, right? Betrayed, of course, we know by Judas. Then Peter turns around, denies him 
three times and then led away crucified like a lamb to the slaughter. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth, right? So when I look back over my life, as the song says, and I said, man, mm, that was a victim. What I went through, some of the things that bring us down and put us into that victim spirit, into that victim mentality, if we just go back and go through that timeline and be like, I don't have a thing to complain about. Look what Jesus sacrificed and went through for me. You know, and there's many more things that I could insert within that timeline, right? And, and we think about that when we get ready to start singing the blues, go back and be like, man, Imagine, you know, a crown of thorns being being pushed down into your head like that. Lead put on the cross, but still not saying a word. So when we get deep into that, that's another changing the perspective and saying, oh, oh my, mm, right? Maybe I don't have as much to complain about as I thought I did. Thought I did. Maybe I'm not as much of a victim as I thought, right? Each of us have all been, you know, at some point been persecuted, talked about by others, made fun of, mistreated, right? Taken advantage of, right? But then again, once we compare that to the cross work, the blood work that Jesus did, can we really say, man, man, Mm, mm, mm. Oh, my gosh. You know, and he stayed, if you look at it here, he stayed in touch with the Father the whole time through prayer, prayer, right? So if we're really wanting to come out of those blues, get up out of that, start refocusing that victim mentality, right? That requires loving your enemies. That requires opening up and saying, you know what? I know I went through this. I can't undo it. But you know what? What does the word say? You know, what, what was the, the popular saying back? And then what would Jesus do, right? Love your enemies. Finding that spot, that forgiveness, not necessarily even for that other person. That forgiveness is to open you up for healing and deliverance, right? Again, they might not even know that you've forgiven them. You might have sat, cried for 12 hours, wrote everything out, put it in a bottle, set it off to sea. You might have lit it on fire on a barbecue grill, did a celebration, whatever it is. But whatever it takes to get to that point of loving your enemies, right? And saying, who is my neighbor? Do I truly love my neighbor, right? Doing for others, going that second mile, keeping your word, keeping your thoughts pure, not holding grudges, right? Another thing easy to get caught in, blaming everybody else for what's happened to us, the things that we went through, blaming everybody else for that victim seat that we're sitting in, right? Doing everything short of asking them to hand us a can of pledge and a rag so we can polish up our victim throne as we sit there, right? Not crit uh, criticizing, right? But instead, ask, seek, knocking and saying, Lord, come in and help to remove this spirit from me. I know your will uh, has something greater for me. I want to come out of this, right? Building your future on the solid rock, seeing yourself as a survivor, right? The same way you looked out and pictured yourself as a down nobody, as worthless. Oh, I'm too old to go back to school. Well, you know what? I'm too old to write a book. Well, you know what? I don't have very many friends. I don't have this. I don't have that. But seeing yourself as a survivor, right? 
A victim argues with life. A survivor embraces it. A victim dwells in the past. Survivors live in the present and start looking ahead, right? A victim believes they're helpless when a survivor says, I'm taking back control of my life. And even though that victim mentality, again, is so addictive, uh, addictive, the survivor mentality is much more empowering, empowering and overpowers that, right? That's how this works, right? And once you start seeing yourself as a survivor, you start to feel better. You start to see things a little bit differently. You remember back, you know, when I discussed, when, when he prayed and said, Lord, open his eyes, pray that prayer and said, Lord, open my my eyes so that I can see what's truly around me. It's not the enemies, you know, that I put in front of me. It's not the people, the hatred, the shame, blame, and guilt that I look out and see. Hey, Mel, glad to see you. Glad to see you. Hey, thanks for that super heart, sister-in-law. It's not any of that. It's changing your perspective, praying that prayer, saying, Lord, open my eyes. Help me see the greatness that is within me because I know it's in there. I refuse to be covered by these vines, right? Remember I talked about the big oak tree starting at the bottom and slowly just consuming that tree, choking the life out of it till no more light could reach that huge, massive oak tree and saying, I will not be taken down. I shall not be moved, right? I am going to do something new because he's done a new thing in me. Come on now. That's how we're going to do it. And listening to a survivor is much more refreshing and inspiring than listening to a victim wallow in self-pity. That's how this works, right? And a lot of people, I don't understand, you know, why is nobody not receiving my message? What message? They already beat down and broke down. They're not needing to hear anymore. People are, they're wanting to hear, okay, I understand we all went through this struggle, but where is the hope, right? That's what they're waiting on you to deliver. Listening to a survivor is much more refreshing than listening um, to Debbie Downer. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, I'm here to tell you, right? So explain. Start exploring. Get you a journal. You know, I always talk about journals. Start exploring those mistaken beliefs, right? Um, and you'll be really surprised once you take it and flip it. And if you've been saying, sitting and saying, you know what? Um, I'm not appreciated. You know, nobody cares about me. Putting a different perspective on me. First of all, I know that my father, first and foremost, cares for me. And I'm going to care enough for him that I'm going to change my perspective and my outlook, right? Flipping that thing. That's how we have to do it. And you'll start to realize some uh, how many mistaken beliefs that you've been holding on to. Sometimes we people come into our lives. They ask to it, right? Start telling you, oh, you ain't no good. You can't cook. You're a worthless wife. You're a worthless husband. You know, uh, your kids ain't no good. And if you have children in the house and they're watching you constantly on a pity party and down and out, what you think they're going to pick up and inhabit? That's the way they're going to start to relate, right? So be very, very careful uh, because those vines may be coming off of you and attaching and smothering the life out of other people and causing them to come down in your victim pit with you, right? So you have to be cognizant of that, right? False security blanket. Come on now, Miss Karen. And so let's look here. First John 4, 4, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. If we look at Romans 8, 
37. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. When you start listing out everything that's got you beat down, everything that has you teeter-tottering and feeling like you can't come out of that victim, you, you see survivor on the other side, but you're just like, man... I don't know if I can come out of this, right? Start practicing, you're working on your PhD, practicing the healing and deliverance, putting in the work, taking small steps daily to come on up out of that, right? And, and if we look back, remember Joseph, he didn't stay down in that pit. He came up out of there, right? He came up out of there. And we can look at the pits that he continued to fall in until it was his time to shine. Look at all those pits. But then go back and look at all the pits that I listed out that Jesus went through. And, and in comparison to that, I don't have anything to complain about. All I can stand, as I always say, and say, thank you, God, you know, as a survivor. Because I could not have made it back. I could have been one of those people that they wanted to silence. I could have been still not found somewhere in the backwoods of Mississippi, you know. But I made it out. I'm able to stand here and say, but God, you know, God's will, everything that I had to go through, it's all in your perspective of how you see it. And I'm going to close it out with this, right? Um, in the Canadian Northlands, you got two seasons. You got winter and you got July. Now, what starts to happen in July when the back roads start to thaw, people start coming back in, right? They leave huge gashes of tire marks and tread marks, right? So they head back in. Now, the thing that happens is when the winter comes in, all of those deep gashes and those tread marks, they freeze over. Well, as people start coming back in, there's actually a sign that says, driver, please choose carefully which rut you decide to drive in because you'll be in it for the next 20 miles. So the same thing with these negative attitudes, with feeling, oh, woe is me, taking on that pity party. Be careful which rut you may decide to get yourself stuck in because you may look up in 20 years you've been driving in that same rut. I love y'all. I truly, truly do. Let's work on those PhDs, practicing healing and deliverance, all right? Until tomorrow night, walk good, do good, be good, all right? Tornado, I'm out of here. I love y'all. You all know the Torah. 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 Nato. 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 Nato.